Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. This is our very special 2007 edition. What are some like really 2007 things? Just to put people in the right mind. Um, there will Avatar. Be blood. You drink my. I drink your milkshake. I drink Probably it Avatar. I drink like, your Avatar. You say any year before 2011, I'll be like, yeah, I think that was the year Avatar came out. Avatar and There Will Be Blood are really just both about um, the fight over natural resources, if you think about it. That's yeah, true. And, and, like, the thing they have in common is that no one's actually watched them since 2007. And I don't I, know, other than beating a man to death in a bowling alley, I don't know that I remember any plot points from either. Um, he is a terrible father. Right, that's that's Avatar. Yep. Daniel yep, Day Lewis. Right. When when Daniel Day Lewis is riding the purple dragon and they're connected from his hair into right. the dragon's brain, they're trying to stop the bad guy from Jurassic Park Four. Yep. Or whatever from uh, eating the um, the magic space rocks. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. a terrible father to his boy who I think can't speak. Hey, what? Why can't we get Daniel Day Lewis to play the Predator? Because I really want to see him uh, use his extreme method approach. He has to become invisible. Yeah, he has to. He has to like skulk around L.A., only speaking in the Predator's roar and like killing indiscriminate. Well, discriminately, the Predator knows what he's doing. He's not a xenomorph. <laughs> That's right. He's not. not he's not just a not mindless. Animals. He's not a yeah. mindless killing machine. There are choices being made. Is one of you like rubbing paper in front of your microphone? Well, no. I'm not, but you never know. It's just Don't I touch. want I want everybody. Uh, you know, this 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 podcast will never sound good. I I will try, and it, I I'm hoping that maybe in some Sisyphean way, this is how I'll live forever. That like God has decided. Ryan, you can't come home until you figure out how to make the full cast not sound like shit. I'm like, okay, God. And and 300 years later, there will be me saying, well, Jason's recording from inside his space lawn. How did that happen? Buddy, we just love you too much to let you go. Thank you. I love you guys, too. Um, we're here to talk about 10 years ago. Throw when... some D's. Throw some D's on it. You know what's that, really that, t- that was the year of Rich Boy. Rich yeah. Boy, okay, yeah, you know, man, the last what's... track on that album. You, if you oh, really want to be terrified, think about um, how good we all looked in two thousand seven. Oh man, really good compared to. <laughs> yeah, same. no, Jason's the same. He's immortal. I ha- I haven't aged since I hit like fourteen. It's, uh, I mean, for a while it made me mad, but now it makes me happy. Do you I think look, it's going to catch, look, like, call catch up at once, or? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to hit me hard the day I turn 40. Like, pow! Yeah, he's just going to be an old guy from Georgia. Just there, look, there, there goes my back. He's going to look yeah. like Hank Hill's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes will get instantly beady. <laughs> You'll have some war record that you didn't actually earn. I don't even know what Spencer was doing in 2007. That's a really good question. Neither do I. <laughs> I was working for Sporting News and doing part-time stuff. And those aren't those aren't real words. No, no, no. I did end up though uh, in a couple of places at 2007. Most notably, the LSU Florida game in mm-hmm. Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. the greatest the greatest game I've ever seen. You might say the pass is crap, and I do frequently. But I would remind you of several things about 2007. 
maybe the best year in college football history for plot. Best script by far. All right. And throw some D's by Rich Boy came out. That's it. Those are my two things in 2007 that I go, well, those were guaranteed quality. That's it. And that's enough. That's enough for me to be proven wrong on my, the past is crap, don't remember anything. There are things we should remember about 2007. Oh, we might even have a list of them. We do. So, we're going to play a little game here. I have prepared a list of what I would say are the 13 stupidest facts about the 2007 college football season. And and it's always on this program. And is anything, uh, during anything affiliated with this program, when we say stupid, we say so lovingly. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna run through these facts, and Spencer and Ryan are gonna give each one a one to ten score on how stupid this fact is, and then at the end we'll rank them and we will decide what are the ten dumbest facts from the greatest season in the history of America's stupidest sport. Can um, I ask a, a can I can I ask a clarifying question if that's okay? Well, that doesn't really fit the theme, but yes. Um, do you want us to judge how stupid these are? from the vantage point of today, 2017, or then 2007? I uh, think looking back is the way to do it. Okay, okay. Absolute value, yeah. So okay. I think as judged from the com- the most complete historical perspective you have, which is the one you're sitting on right now. Great. Because there, there, there are at least a few where the history is what really makes it. <laughs> right, right. I like that. Great. Perfect. So, um, and this is a part of at SBNation.com and at various team sites throughout the SB Nation network, we have put together what we believe is the greatest story anyone could possibly tell about the greatest season in, in the history of the sport. So, let's start with thing number one on the list. Jim Harbaugh Stanford beat Pete Carroll's USC as a 40-point underdog. How, how dumb was this? Um, so at first it's really tempting to say not that dumb because, you know, Jim Harbaugh's Stanford turned into a very good, uh, program. This was his first year in Palo Alto, I believe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, USC, uh, USC definitely had that like sort of trickle down after the glory years where it's like, okay, this doesn't seem... This doesn't seem uh, ludicrous, but then you remember who who the quarterback was for Stanford. Would, it, would in that be Tavita Pritchard? Yeah, it mm. would be. Um, do you know what his passing line was on the day? Eleven for thirty for less mm. than one hundred and fifty yards, one touchdown, and a pick. Um, y'all, y'all, and by the way, on that last drive, I'm pretty sure they're facing like fourth and eighteen, and they convert it. No Stanford uh, player rushed for more than 32 yards. This was Stanford finished the day with 235 yards. USC had 459. Yeah. By the way, that team we're 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 clowning on them now. Ended up 10 and two. Which they end team? up. Wait, wait. Which team are we clowning on? USC for losing. Okay, okay, because <laughs> right. I was gonna say that's th- so that's what makes it really dumb is it's not like this Stanford team was some sort of secret juggernaut that we just didn't know how good Jim Harbaugh was at that point and they put it all together and what a miracle season. Can you name the other three teams that Stanford beat that year? I can't. I can't actually. 
Please. Because I, I have looked, I have, I have looked this up. Okay. Before, San Jose State, um, they beat Arizona because everyone beats Arizona, mm-hmm. right? Um, they beat USC, and the last one is uh, ah Cal. They beat Cal. They beat Cal in the big yeah. Cal, um, Cal, Cal, which briefly ranked number two. Correct. So. Yeah. It's just a very weird collections of wins for a four and eight team to say, yeah, you know, we were pretty bad all year. We lost to Washington by 18 and, uh, but good news. We beat number two USC on the road. So I'm going to say that this, uh, what do you want? Like a scale here? Yeah. One to 10. One to 10 with one not being surprising at all. And 10 being like, Oh my God. Yeah. This to me, this is an eight. This is still very dumb. Very, very dumb. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you here. This is a full ten out of ten. I think this this is no, this is the thing that in two thousand seven makes the absolute No no no, it's a nine out of ten. I just okay, remember okay. something that makes even less sense. So nine out of ten, forty point <laughs> underdog, a four and eight Stanford team knocking them off. Yeah. Oh, one more fact about that game. The guy who caught the pass that converted the fourth and long that led to the successful fade into the end zone to beat USC. Can you name that wide receiver from the 2007 Stanford class? He no longer plays wide receiver. Yeah, so it was Richard Sherman. <laughs> Richard Sherman, <laughs> wide receiver, caught that fourth and long. Uh, it. I mean, that's, if it helps, if you look at look when you have, have the time, go look at the box score for this game and go to the USC side and look at how many USC players you're like. I remember him. It is not. It is like. Very small list, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I don't remember a goddamn single one of the like I, Joe McKnight. Yes, we remember Joe McKnight. Rest in peace. These guys just like, yep, mm-hmm, sure, yeah, that sounds like a name. And also, uh, starting quarterback John David Booty was was hurt for at least part of this game. We went back and looked and figured out that USC was one of the teams that this season there were several teams that fit this bill. Um, that was undefeated with a healthy quarterback. That's unfortunate. Yeah, they. This game was very dumb. Very, 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 very dumb. Very dumb. And the uh, Vegas people say it stands to this day as the biggest point spread upset in history. Um, and there's still debate as to whether it's even the biggest upset of this year. Moving it's along. Important. Yeah, please go ahead. Number two, USF. Ranked number two during its 11th year as a football program. Um, this gosh, was this the, is... In the initial BCS rankings. So you look at... So it's not that dumb if you look at who they beat. They went on the road and beat Auburn, ranked 17th at the time, uh, in week two. In week four, they beat West Virginia, their Big East mate at the time. Yep. All that sounds right. Uh, they beat them at home. They were uh, the Mountaineers were number five, so like that's two quality. That's two quality wins. In between there, you also had a uh, win over UNC. Not a good UNC team, but a ACC win all the same. So like from the pure perspective of did it make sense at the time? Sure, you had to get somebody had to be number two. Why not USF? Um, even from the perspective of like what happened by the end of the year. I don't know. They didn't. How I don't know how dumb it is. I just I feel like it's maybe in like a five six range. Yeah, I was I was gonna go four out of ten. Things, wow. got, things, things the things got pretty crazy. 
Um, they had a clean record at the time. Yeah, four out four out of ten. This isn't in this from this perspective, not the weirdest thing that happened. I mean, I mean, it's not even the weirdest thing about USF season. I would argue the weirdest part is that they played uh, Oregon in the Sun Bowl, and we have a piece about that that Richard Johnson wrote up. They got they got destroyed by Oregon. They lost by 35 points. I'm pretty sure they were losing by three touchdowns at the end of the first quarter. But USF was favored to win that game. We lived in a world where the same Vegas odds makers that said Stanford, 40-point underdogs, said South Florida, you should beat Oregon. My favorite, one of my favorite stats about this year, um, there's a there's a bunch of them, um, is that Oregon, as a ranked team, lost three different games to unranked teams. Oregon had an excuse. Best player, Dennis Dixon, quarterback, got hurt. USF also lost three ranked games to unranked teams. In the Sun Bowl, USF was ranked, Oregon was ranked, unranked, Oregon won. See if you can figure that puzzle out at all, because I can't. So, uh, Ryan, you were five or six for this? Yeah, I'll say I'll give it a five. I feel like that's a five. Okay. Wow, that's that's very low in my opinion. But I'm only the uh, presenting. I'm, I'm, I'm presenting hanging it. Today. I'm hanging it as a four. That's okay. Well, you, you, you I'll trust you, Florida experts on USF. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three. The Heisman Trophy winner went on to set the NFL playoff record for yards per completion despite being an H-back, inspired the two weirdest things John Boyce ever published, and hit more home runs than Michael Jordan. Matt Ryan did all that, huh? <laughs> I, can't, I was going to say I, Matt, I take, Matt Grothy. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Uh, John has always been a big fan of Darren McFadden, always been fascinated by him. Ch- um, Chase Daniel really inspires John. Man, it's so. Which part of that do you want us like the whole? All of it. All of it. It, it, That was the Heisman. Ten years later, wait, did this guy even play football? Wait, wait. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put everything that's happened to Tim Tebow post 2008 as. uh, Yeah, it's that's like a. It's an eight. Can I give it an eight? I mean, it's pretty weird. I mean, at the t- was this the same time that all the like wildcat shit was going on? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, so there was definitely s- some school of thought that was like, well, you know, Rex Ryan's gonna figure out how to use this guy on offense, <laughs> some, some bullshit like that. Um, An NFL guy yeah. will figure out something innovative. Sure. Oh yeah, that was a big, big thing. We actually we did a post on the wildcat as well. Alex, Alex Kirshner did that one about how you know you had at Arkansas, you had Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, um, you had Tebow at Florida. Not technically wildcat, but you know to a defense it looks about the same. You also had the, you know the West Virginia the zone read again to a defense it looks about the same. And then you have in the NFL it's all trickling up. Um, Arkansas's offensive coordinator becomes the Dolphins' quarterbacks coach, and they draft Pat White. It doesn't work, and that's sort of the end of the wildcat, but helped lead to the run-pass option phase. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole Tebow saga. What did you give it, Spencer? Uh, I give it an eight. It's weird. So it, I, I want to give it. I only want to give it a seven for this reason. It has. It has a. I want to give it room because it can get weirder, and I, <laughs> I I feel confident that it very well may. Like if you tell me, oh, you know, next summer Olympics. Tim Tebow's, you know, uh, silver medal, discus. I'm like, sure, why not? You know, 
He's got the throwing motion. <laughs> I, I've seen some of those Jets gifts. And hey, man, listen, in recent Heisman Trophy winner news, I, he, he ain't the weirdest, I'll tell you that. Fair. Fair. Um, number four, LSU lost two uh, completely off-the-rails bananas games and not only made the national title, actually won it. Oh, God. Um, so... to, to, may I remind you, Kentucky uh-huh. and Arkansas. Both in tri- both in triple overtime, correct? Mm-hmm. Triple overtime. One of those undefeated one of those, regulation. One of those at home. So the weird thing about LSU, one of the weird things about LSU this season is that um, when they were number two in a year where being number two was like the worst thing you could be, they were fine. Like they cruised against the unranked teams. They stomped Virginia Tech. They beat South Carolina by double digits. Like, number two was not an issue for them. When they were number one, sometimes they won, and sometimes they didn't. So, like, in a weird way, they needed to be number two going into the national championship game. Because number one was really where they had problems, those expectations. They were they were much better being in, like, lower-level math and being all, oh, yeah, you know, this is easy, A+. Plus. Um... How weird was it? God. <laughs> nine. Yeah. It's, it's got, a yeah. it's a it is a full on nine. Go back and try to find other undisputed non Billingsley poll national title holders with two losses without resorting to skullduggery or intellectual dishonesty. It's very hard. To I'll find tell you the the last loss. in the AP poll was nineteen sixty Minnesota. Yeah, that's like not even football. Yeah, that's like, I mean that's whatever, that's whatever a, that was. That's a wildly different era. Yeah, it's I mean, it seems it, it feels like it would be incredibly hard now for the number 1 team in the country to lose to an unranked team at home in their 12th game and still make the playoff. Like it could happen, but definitely not if you already had another another loss. So like the fact that they even got to play for a national championship and then win it like fairly easily. And also, I mean, I think the playoff that sort of illustrates how weird it is. Cause like Penn state almost made the playoff as a two loss team last year, but that means ranking number four, not number two. There's right. a huge difference. And that was with surging at the end of the season, not stumbling, by yeah, the way, not, I, I, not, not shambling in. I had to go through these, by the way, remind you that it wasn't quite the case with LSU because remember that in South Carolina, in a really mean South Carolina LSU game, they break the game open with a fake field goal, right? right? Then the Florida game is is a comeback, some sort of gigantic swamp opera. It's just drama from one end to another. Um, they have a shootout with Alabama. The week before that, they played Auburn. And do you remember what LSU did? Yeah, yeah. This was the craziest call of Les Miles' entire career, and that's yeah. saying a lot. Yep, yep. With one second left on the clock, they run a play in field goal range. Easy field goal range. What is it? Is it a field goal? No, no. It's a faded Demetrius Bird where the clock could have run out and they would have gone to overtime instead of securing a safe win. Even in the SEC championship game, 
Tennessee is leading that game by a point in the fourth hey, quarter. Hey, final score is like 21-14, right? 21-14. And you know the how how LSU scores its last touchdown? Uh, pick six. Eric Ainge throws a yep. pick six. Eric Ainge threw the winning LSU TD in that game. And Ryan Perilou, their backup, later possibly questioned for being a person tangential and associated with an investigation into a riverboat counterfeiting scheme. I, you know, I've never made a joke. Never, never, not made one. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That suggests that he was counterfeiting the boats themselves. <laughs> this, can, can you? No, fit? it's made out of paper mache. Damn you, Paralu. Oh, he's 3d printing these boats. <laughs> Catch me floating. <laughs> uh, so yeah, nine, nine is maybe too low, but I'll go with nine. Okay. Uh, next, number five. Two-parter. They go hand-in-hand, hand, okay? Ron Zook beat the number one team in the country, and there were no consequences for the team that <laughs> suffered that upset. None. It's like the most Ron Zook moment ever that Illinois would defeat the Ohio State Buckeyes behind the legs of Juice Williams, and that ultimately it would be Futile and amount to absolutely nothing. Ronzuk yeah, basically, no, that, that, he, Ronzuk blew up the Death Star, but five minutes after the Death Star blew up the Rebels. <laughs> he's like it's, ran out of gas, right? Like, yeah, we made it! <laughs> it, it it's, like, it's like if they put uh, Star Wars 4 and um, 7, smash them into a supercut, and like, right, you blew up the right. Death Star. D- dummy, that was the wrong the wrong four. <laughs> they <laughs> have another Death Ah, god damn it. They have another. It's larger. It's the one you were supposed to blow up. No, this was um, Ohio State. I believe they went from like one to five to one in like three weeks. <laughs> Just turned it around, man. No, no, it's worse than that. They went from one to seven to one. <laughs> Good God. That's remember, that's how buoyant Ohio State is in the polls. They can do that. I would also suggest, by the way, my, my score on this for how surprising or weird this is. Being one of the internet's foremost experts on Ronza, I give it a two. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nothing about this surprises me. Because remember, this kind of thing's happened before. Um, LSU, I believe it was uh, 2003, Nick Saban's uh, title year at LSU. Oh, you remember You remember their only loss that year? It was to Florida. At home. In Go Baton Zucker. Rouge. Go Zucker. Uh, yeah, Bo- and the, Bobby the, Bowden's was it Bowden's uh, dedication? The day, the, the day they were, <clears throat> yeah, the day they were christening the field, which was also Ron Zook's last game as a Florida coach, I believe. Yeah, so so who was the most dangerous man in the world that day? Answer: Ronathan Zook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 defer to Spencer here because he has the most feelings on this. I'm gonna take it down one. I'm gonna wow. give that a one the least surprising thing i've heard so far <laughs> all right uh this one oh boy this is the one that i think this is the one when you mentioned 2007 to uh just average fan this is the one they yell at you kansas versus missouri was circled on the calendar like it was goddamn ohio state michigan or the iron bowl or something it it it, it was very important everyone watched it and uh it, it, it uh, i can't i can't say anymore so, well, uh, that, that that was important to begin with puts this 
easily at a five to start. Right, right. Um, that Kansas was playing Missouri in retrospect bumps <laughs> it up to I'll say six and a half. Mm, I'll, I'll agree that this becomes, by the way, a a, a physical game that is relatively tight until the fourth quarter, right? Because remember, uh, KU's down and KU storms back. Looks like Todd, Todd Reeson cuts it to 31-21. And it's just it's not happening. Yeah, KU just... had a chance until the very end. Bill Connolly did a, a nice story on this with Reeson and Chase Daniel in our package. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I think Reeson says, you know, basically we just, we just ran out of time. It's just one of those games. It's... Yeah, I will take that. I'll put this at a solid seven. Yeah, it's diminished slightly because um, Mizzou – Wins this game, then turns around and just farts it away. Again, just looks terrible against Oklahoma in the Big Twelve title game. So it loses a little long-term meaning from that because we can't really look at it and say a spot in the national championship was on the. But seven sounds good. Okay, I think that's that's pretty fair in retrospect. Also, um, it needed to happen this way because otherwise we wouldn't have a picture of Mark Mangino next to the Orange Bowl mascot. Yes, Dan Libertard would not have a Twitter, Avi, if not for this game. <laughs> um, next! Oh, man. Hurts just to look at it. West Virginia blew a oh. title shot. Ten. Ten. While a 29-point favorite against, and this is our quote from West Virginia fullback hero Owen Schmidt, the shittiest fucking team in the fucking <laughs> world in the... <laughs> In the last fucking game of the season, this is, that's a quote. Uh, Alex did a nice post on the West Virginia Pit rivalry and how uh, it all just culminated in the deepest scar I know of no, no, from it's any result 10, ever. Twelve. What? Because here's <laughs> this. Like that West Virginia team was super fun to watch, but flawed. Not not like without its foibles. That Pit team. Was let garbage. Me, let me let me give you who they lost to. Are you ready? Walk down this Primrose. No, path don't just don't just football flashlights with you me. You got to put some <laughs> scores in here too, because these were not just losses. They lost to Virginia by thirty. They lost to Connecticut by twenty. Connecticut didn't even like scoring points, and they lost to UConn by twenty. They lost in double OT to Navy. Navy. On a, lost on, a, on, a, on, a, on a Wednesday, which is just perfect. On a what Wednesday, the they lost. They, they they lost to Louisville. Uh, they they lost to Rutgers. Remember, Rutgers was Rutgers was good. Remember, not how, not a good Louisville. This is Craig not, Thorpe. Not a good, oh yeah, not no, it's cra- I'm sorry. They lost to Louisville. That's twenty twenty four seventeen. They lost to Michigan State. Early Michigan State, which was a bowl team, but not like a great team or anything like that. Yeah, and their victories are crap. Like oh, they God. they beat a deplorable Syracuse team twenty to seventeen. They guess... have they have they have one good victory coming into this game, and that's they beat Cincinnati, um, which uh, that Brian Kelly team. Hey, look at that! Look who popped up here ever so briefly. Uh, that that team did finish seventeenth, so that was a good win. But other than that, I mean, it's also how this happened. Like West Virginia, you you lost. 13 to 9 to a team that a week earlier had given up 48 points to South Florida. 
How can South Florida be 39 points better than you? Oh, How? I don't know. At least if it were an entertaining game, maybe somebody would have had over 300 yards offense. Nope. It was like watching sledgehammers fuck other sledgehammers. <laughs> <laughs> did, did either team have over 100 yards passing? No. Did either team have 20 first downs? No. West Virginia only had 12. Did we get to see the electric presence of Pat White the entire game? No, because he got hurt. Because that's what happens in shitty games where fate just decides to drag you over the thumbtacks. That's what happens. My um, my other favorite detail from our story on this is in our interview with Dave Onstat. He says that in practice before this game, he looked over and saw Paul Rhodes. Def- Paul Rhodes was the defensive coordinator. Uh, he looked over and saw Paul Rhodes still running the boys through tackling drills. And this was like, you know, 35 minutes into practice or whatever. Like, they should be on to other stuff. And he said, you know, Coach, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Shouldn't we be? No, no, no. We, we got to work on tackling if we're going to beat West Virginia. So, like, how this happened was Paul Rhodes got in his head that all they were going to do all the week, their entire prep was tackle, 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 tackle. And it worked. Somehow it worked. Somehow just locking on like a pit bull onto one simple concept worked. Can I also can I give you it is without question the most if you think like of the almost of the teams that you're like, you know, Georgia, oh, five yards away. Oh, this other team. Oh, if only they'd Virginia Tech came closest. If only they'd held on against Boston College. This is by far the most painful almost in college in like modern college football history, I would argue. Number two lost. At that point, number two had lost six times that season. Five, five times. Five times five, unranked teams, right? Five times unranked teams. Yeah. Do you? This is from from the AP recap, December second, two thousand seven. Rich Rodriguez's quote: After not being able to talk for several minutes when the press met with him, was it was just a nightmare. The whole thing was a nightmare. This is. <laughs> This is, I mean, this is program defining in so many ways because Rich Rod, immediately after this, is no longer West Virginia's coach, right? He takes the Michigan job. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, who everybody's like, ah, oh, really fucked that one up. They beat Oklahoma so badly in the Fiesta Bowl that they decide to give Bill Stewart the full-time job. In it's still in the luxury suites. They don't even wait for the game to be over. They draft that fucking paperwork up, basically. It defines, like, where West Virginia will go and who they will be almost up to today. It's fucking wild. And and even more, um, Matt Brown did a nice story on this. He has a book out now um, called What If about college football alternate history he did he did a couple posts in our our package one of them is what if west virginia had won this game um and it gets into you know hey terrell Pryor, he was favoring west virginia when rich rod was there uh maybe now terrell Pryor in rich rod's offense against big east opponents like imagine how terrifying that would be if, it, west, it, Virgi- it, if west virginia keeps lsu out of the national championship game when does les miles get fired because we saw how far he was able to go on one national title without that <laughs> Jesus, we're talking. We're like three years into. I don't even know at this point. Hugh Freeze. It, Hugh Freeze probably takes the LSU job instead. <laughs> is is Les just fired after the 2011 rematch? Maybe, probably. Yeah, my 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 theory, by the way, is that Hugh Freeze cannot exist outside of the old Miss Petri dish. So, so <laughs> I'll just shoot that. That literally, like, he cannot he cannot coach football outside of Old Miss. Like, he just wouldn't know how the numbers worked. 
be like, we're putting on second down. You've got four downs. Oh! Well, I guess we're going to find out if that's true or not. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Will we? Um, Will we? Oh, the, oh, the, the, the other uh, content item we have here, Spencer and I recorded um, on NCAA 08. We went back and tried to write this wrong. Um, we went back and competed fairly with the, with the rosters in the game uh, to see if West Virginia can 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 get it right this time around. And we're going to figure out a way to present that. We haven't yet because the audio didn't work. Can you Boy, wait? That? I'm sorry. What's that? Can you imagine that we couldn't figure out audio without Ryan around? But we'll we'll figure out a way to get that to people. It it uh, I think it has a happy ending. We'll say that it does. It does. No matter what your allegiance is going into this, we come out with something for everyone. And um, as the internet's foremost pit homer podcast, I mean, I think we we can say let's let let's let the ears have this one. Um, next, <laughs> there it is. Number five, Michigan lost at home to an FCS team in the big 10 networks debut. This was, this was like a very well heralded Michigan team too. Cause this was, this was the team that if you remember at the end of the season prior, they lose a very good, very close game to Ohio state to end the season. Once UCLA beats USC, I think, um, to knock them out of the championship slot, there there is a sustained and reasonably justified outcry that the national championship should not be Florida Ohio State. It should be a rematch of this game. Um, so this this team definitely came in charged up, hungry, other cliches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and to lose to App State, I mean, it's. It's 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 really just so magical that it was the very first game to air on the Big Ten Network. That's going to bump it all the way up to a nine for me. Yeah, I'm, uh, this is actually what I was thinking of when I said that it wasn't a full ten, right? For yeah. Stanford to beat them, uh, App State is bigger. It is the bigger upset. It is the more shocking upset. It's a full ten out of ten. Now, the amazing the, the thing here, I said an FCS team, and, you know, uh, I think most most listeners, if you listen to this garbage, you probably like this sport enough to know that App State at the time was not at all an average FCS team. They were in the middle of a three-peat dynasty at that level, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, team. I mean, it's the equi- they were the equivalent of, like, a North Dakota state today, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a very fair comparison. But yeah, no, they they, they, they were about, dynastic. Yeah, and, and we, North, but North we talk Dakota about, State yeah. beating Iowa—that is that's that's funny, but it happens every year. An Iowa right. level team, North Dakota State winning at Ohio State in 2017, say that would that is the level of thing we're talking about here. Right, right. Um, it should be. We should make clear that some of us on this podcast have seen our team lose to an FCS team. We know about it. Here's the thing. Our team was shit. And it deserved to lose, and it was bad. And they didn't even need to complete a goddamn pass. Also, your team lost to this Michigan team that lost to Appalachian State. Oh, yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about that. In in the annual Michigan-Florida bowl game. Um, The other thing that's cool about this game is sort of the way it was like... uh, it just it just put the underdog tactics of of college football just right at the forefront. Like you can be Michigan, you can have NFL linemen, 
you know, you can do all the pro style stuff. You can you can hit the basics and have a big defensive line and all that stuff. But hey, guess what? They got some fast guys. What? And what I, what the, I, the game is now even. What I really like about this is, you know, people every year people say preseason polls are bullshit, right? And we're like, yeah, they are, but you click them, so we make them. And they do usually have, like, a level of inertia where you can be a highly ranked team and look like shit in week one. You can lose and look bad in week one, and you're probably still going to be ranked. Michigan dropped from five to out of the polls <laughs> after just, this game. Just swept right out. Get that out of here. Get that out of my sight. And it then took them, yeah, they, they had to crawl back in. And, and they had, listen, this team had some good games and some good, some, like, decent wins. But like, there is—I I don't know that you can find a faster pull drop in the history of the damn thing. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan the... went from five to unranked in one week, climbed back to thirteen, left the polls entirely again, and finished number eighteen on the like, first uh, on in the first game on the Big Ten Network. <laughs> I mean, it was for oh six oh seven. Like people forget that Michigan team comes back and just smokes and out sprints Florida in a bowl game. 0607 was where the like Big Ten deficit theory really started, and this was this is a very big nail in that coffin for them. Number nine, not not in order of rankings yet, but oh oh no, this is the sad one. The Heisman favorite, Dennis Dixon, destroyed his knee, destroyed it again the next week, and number <sighs> two Oregon just kind of evaporated, just disappeared. Yeah, Dennis Sixon yeah, should have won the Heisman. Like, what, what am I? What am I supposed to? Like, I don't want to attach a number to this. Yeah. Well, remember, we're going dumbest. This is. I. It's fair to say this was dumb. This is. This is really dumb. This is like an eight out of. This is an eight. If I'm yeah. just going how dumb, because I got to give like random luck a couple of points. So, eight out of ten. Absolute. He played against Arizona with a tear in his ACL already. Maybe a full tear. Nobody's real sure. He went out there and played brilliantly until it gave out. It was agonizing to watch. Ah, hate yeah. it. Um, I think he should have won the Heisman anyway. Like, I think Tim Tebow, listen, great player for Florida. Not, like, undeserving. But the way, the sort of difference between Oregon with healthy Dennis Dixon, even Oregon with playable Dennis Dixon, and after that, like... I don't know. I just sort of feel like if they should have just given him the damn thing. Eight out of ten. Eight. So dumb. So dumb. It's very dumb. Um, next, ten times in nine weeks, a team ranked number one or number two lost, and then number two beat number one. It's less dumb when you consider who the number twos were, I think, because it did create this sort of weird domino system where it was like, it's sort of like a, um, like a depth chart where you're like, ah, shit. Um, linebacker, can you play quarterback? Cool. Ah, you're bad at it too. And you got hurt. Fuck. So it's less dumb from that regard. It is very dumb in the sense that as Spencer already mentioned, number two lost to, an unranked team so, 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 so many times. And much like that Stanford team we talked about earlier, most of these teams were not good. They were not like secretly, oh, look out, nine win seat. No, these teams, these are teams that 
didn't make bowls or barely made bowls or in Florida State's case, like the season didn't even fucking count and they lost to Kentucky in a bowl game. Like it was it was a lot of nonsense, but you kind of became immune to it at a point. And I don't know what point that was. I will give this uh, a seven in terms of oh, dumb. It, yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to no, give no, it I'm a downgrade. I'm going to give it a five because it stopped being dumb and it started being funny. It's that rule of three. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you repeat it enough times, it becomes funny again. Yeah, I'll give it a four because it involves humans and polling, which, are, yeah, it's, it's going to be like there's a forgivable amount of dumb there because you have very flawed voters making decisions here. So four out of ten. The only team that was ranked number two that year and didn't lose as the number two at all was LSU. That's Next. Like a, that's like a nine out of ten by itself. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Nick Saban's Alabama lost to the team that currently has the country's 170th biggest athletic department financially. Two. Not dumb at all. Great. Best, wonderful, <laughs> very good, five stars. Yeah. So like, good, so it? good. Loved it. <laughs> can I give so this good. a zero? Yeah, watch again. Yeah, like honestly, if I were a ULM booster, I would keep paying for that billboard to stay up. Yeah, they've played ULM since and got murdered. Doesn't matter. Dude, who cares? Who cares? Keep that billboard up. Bronze the billboard. Put it happened on campus. Happened once. Happened forever. Have you it, can't. Like, you literally uh, can never undo. You can't undo it. Okay. You'll, you'll never undo it. It always happened. Make the billboard like a state historic site or something. Like I do. I believe everything Nick Saban and Alabama have done since then has been in a very like bad Terminator sequel movie attempt to be like, we have to go back and change it. And it's like, you'll never change it. It always judgment day always happens. Skynet always wins. Caca. So like 2012 or 2012, um, Saban, Bama wins the title. He go, he, you know, he's, he's 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 huffing and puffing about missing on recruiting time. He starts to feel this little, mo- the, you know, this little like maybe 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 I should just enjoy an extra little deb. Maybe I should go sit by the lake for a weekend. I've earned it. I've won two titles. And he thinks about ULM. <laughs> and he breaks out that phone. He's calling like eight recruits at the same time. It's it's on. Nick, I'll see you someday. Right. Honey, I've got to win. You're in a war. We don't know. Lost to ULM, goddammit. Louisiana Monroe killed my family. We're still alive. You're dead. (laughs) Not dead. Wonderful. Perfect. I love it. Um. Okay. Here's the long one. Alabama, Florida State, Kansas State, Louisville, Miami, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Stanford, Texas A&M, UCLA, and Washington all lost six or more games each. And the following teams won eight or more games each. Air Force, Arizona State, Arkansas, Boston College, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Florida, Atlantic, Fresno State, Hawaii, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Missouri, New Mexico, Rutgers, Texas Tech, Tulsa, UCF, UConn, USF, Virginia, Wake Forest, West Virginia, and Tennessee. Damn. Um, okay, so Tennessee this, I'm going to... I'm going to sidetrack slightly. I went through 2007, the 2007 standings. I tried to find who had the most normal year 
in 2007 for who they are as a program, and I think I, I think I have the answer. I think it's South Carolina, and I'm gonna walk. <laughs> I'm gonna walk you through it. Okay, they start out the year they beat Louisiana Lafayette. Then they beat a highly ranked Georgia team 16 to 12 in an ugly game that makes Georgia fans miserable. That already sounds like South Carolina. Yeah, it's pretty uh, horrible. They beat South Carolina State. Now South now they're up to number 12 in the polls. What do they do? Immediately lose to LSU on the road. Uh, they beat Mississippi State, Kentucky, who's number eight at the time. That's weird, but we'll move on from it. And North Carolina, they crawl back up to number six. South Carolina's doing things. What do they do? They lose to Vanderbilt, an unranked team. They lose hmm. to Tennessee, an unranked team. They lose to Arkansas, an unranked team. They get crushed by Florida, who is ranked, and then they end the year losing to Clemson. South Carolina finishes the year six and six, a roller coaster that, like all of them, ends the exact same place that it started. I maintain that the Gamecocks had the most typical year of any program in 2007. Everything else Jason said, I'm going to give it an eight. I'll give it a seven. Hawaii. Nah. What? In, in context, man. Like just, Virginia. Just look at this. Ah, name, a, name a 2007 Virginia player. A 2007 Virginia player. You know that I have no idea off the top of my head because I repeated it back to you. Actually, let me try. Patrick Kearney. Let me Google that. See if that. <laughs> I'm off by an entire decade. Blonde Bar- Blonde Barber, Ronde's blonde son. <laughs> um, is De- is Debrickishaw Ferguson on that team? Hmm. Feel feel like that's a little before his time. He was he just missed it. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Dang it! Because yeah, it was 2006. Shit, this is hard. I don't think I'm going to be any help here. No, I give up. In fact, I, I suggest wait, that we... Wait, 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 wait. Is there a Long on this team? Usually is. That's Yes! Yes! Chris Long! Chris yeah, Long! Yeah, the there you go. Nice job. We did it! We named one player from a team that won nine games and finished 6-2 in the fucking Coastal. Oh, God. And was at one point ranked... Uh, Number 16. They got it to number 16. Last on the list. <laughs> Breaking <laughs> We bumped this one down in the timeline because of current events. Um, uh, and by the time y'all listen to this, who knows what might have happened. But we do know that this part is accurate based on current reporting. Okay. Ten years ago, Houston Nutt beat the number one team and immediately bolted for Ole Miss. Partly because of some drama that was stirred up by people going through his phone records, thanks to public records requests. Decade later, he zapped Hugh Freeze's ass out of that very whole Ole Miss job with this exact same shit. It's just... (sighs) Yeah. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) <laughs> yeah no 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 get it in get it in there rub it in your face just get it into the skin that's what you want I just, I look just, right at it 
I just the Wikipedia page is perfect for this because here's what it says. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read you a short uh, end of a paragraph and uh, end of a section and start of a new one. On November 23rd, 2007, in Baton Rouge, Nuts Razorbacks beat the top-ranked football team in the nation. In a game that lasted three overtimes, Arkansas defeated eventual national champion LS- the LSU Tigers 50-48, to returning the golden boot back to Arkansas. Three days after defeating LSU, <laughs> Nutt resigned as head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks amid, this is an exact quote from Wikipedia, several controversies and rumors. Yeah, it was a weird pile of stuff. Like, it started with... Um, you know, a fan was mad about Mitch Mustaine and the, the quarterback who came up with Gus Malzahn and there was this email and a meeting and phone records and is he, is he, is, does he have a relationship with a journalist? And like, it got weird. And then he just left. Um, what I, what I really like is that in typical, uh, colleges, college football programs running their own, um, their own internet. Houston Nutt still has a profile on Old Miss's website. <laughs> That's phenomenal. He might be the coach now. Like, <laughs> wait, we don't know. He, 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 he might have found a way to take his job back. It's, Old Miss, you just got cooed. That's wonderful. Um, also, can I? Can I yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please. Oh wait, I was, no. I do have to say one thing. Um, Ole Miss, uh, or sorry, Houston Nutt has an IMDb page, um, which makes sense because he's on T. He's been on TV a lot, and uh, most of his credits are as self, including uh, in the film The Blind Side. He does have one film role where he does not play himself. It's in a movie called uh, Greater, which is apparently the story of uh, Brandon Burlesworth, possibly the greatest walk-on in the history of college football. I'm quoting there. I don't endorse that or disclaim it his role janitor (laughs) just cleaning up messes just getting getting stuff up out of here hey just getting the trash out you know just Just, helping you get rid of the trash just coming in late at night spotting something unsightly in your office and giving it the heave ho (laughs) disposing i'm in disposal Let me give you let me, back let me to give back you. disposal. Never been done. Never fifty years. Been 50. Remember, remember. Like, by yeah. the way, like, like where this all adds up, right? That the prior year, the guy that uh, definitely did introduce the wildcat because that was that was totally Dan, that was totally Danny Nut, and right, it definitely wasn't Gus Malzahn the year before being innovative, sort of pointing the way for like running a single wing. Because remember, Gus Malzahn is in two thousand six the offensive coordinator for like six games until Houston Nutt gets a little, a little upset and somebody else is stealing his thunder and doing innovative, interesting things. And then Gus Malzahn goes to Tulsa Ever until th- 2007. There's a lot of talent sitting in Tulsa. It's like Todd Graham, Gus Malzahn. I think you got Herb Hand there. Yeah. A few others too. Now, but let's, listen, we're not going to get into the Ole Miss thing too much because we're doing our SEC West preview soon or maybe we'll have already done it i don't know how time works it doesn't matter but let's say this there is a path forward because you know amidst all these controversies houston despite beating lsu resigns 
and Arkansas has to figure out like, well, who are we going to turn to? How do we how do we find a moral paragon, a beacon, <laughs> a true? Where is true north? And who do they hire in two thousand eight? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. Um, no, I had no clue. I, I mean, I, whoever they hired, I I don't know the name. Robert. All I know, Robert Louisville was pa- having a rough season. That's all I know. Robert Patrick Petrino. Yeah, that guy. Oh, who? I'm sorry. Now, since this is the all Wikipedia, as of this as of this date when we're recording, we're recording this on July twentieth. I'm going to read you just one sentence. This is the first sentence of Bobby Petrino's Wikipedia page. Robert Patrick Petrino, born March 10th, 1961, is an American football coach, former player, and serial adulterer. <laughs> you say you saying that when it comes to relationships, he runs multiple formations. It's play action, all right? Fake! It's a double move. Um, up, so, up tempo, so, up tempo, up tempo. So to go back to the original question, uh, which what are we being asked to rate the weirdness of the fact that uh, Houston Nutt beat LSU and three days later resigned? All of it, all and, of and it. it. What, you know, it's, this is the one that I really had in mind. We were debating: are we talking about it then or now? Because like, I, I would give it, it, I would give it. Like it was an, weird as all hell. Now I, would, I don't even yeah. weird. It's just beautiful. At the time, it was like a 9 out of 10, but given what I know now from the perspective in which I'm currently sitting, it's like a 7 out of 10. Here, here's what makes – here, I'll get I'll bump it to 8, and here's why. It happened relatively quickly. Like the idea that you could get rid of a coach because of turmoil and controversy and do it in less than a calendar year, that's kind of impressive. Now it's like, boy, this is uh, – you know, we're going to have to drag this motherfucker out. <laughs> So I'll say it's an eight. Okay, so with that, our top ten would be counting down from the from number ten. And if we want to reorder any of these, that's fine. Uh, number ten would be number two USF. Number nine would be Kansas Missouri. Was very important. Sort of wrecked by Oklahoma afterward. Uh, number eight would be just. All the dumb shit. No, no records made sense. Every, every, all the numbers were wrong. Just everything was wrong. This is like the grab bag of mayhem spot. Uh, number seven and six tied are <laughs> the Heisman winner. Went on to have every job except for um, longtime NFL starting quarterback at the position he played in college. Uh, that and Houston Nutt. Number five dinged because it's more uh, mean than dumb would be Dennis Dixon. Number four, Stanford beating USC as a 40-point underdog. Number three, LSU winning the title despite losing two of the uh, two of the dumbest games possible in triple overtime. Number two, App State beating Michigan in the Big Ten Network's debut. By the way, did we mention it was the Big Ten Network's debut? And, nobody it was the, watched, and nobody's watched a Big Ten Network game since. I think Not every since. Big Ten fan, every Michigan fan just I'd like to I'd like to cancel this channel. <laughs> so I told you I told you we should have never turned away from print. Please, can we put the rabbit ears back up? They, I, I did, when the, when we had those, I didn't have to watch watch a team from Division Four come in here and beat us. Like this. They don't even have academics down there in Division Four. We should go down App- to Division Four. We'd probably do well. Appalachian's not even a state. <laughs> I've looked. 
Uh, and number one, the dumbest, the d- single dumbest event from the dumbest year in the dumbest sport in the entire world was West Virginia losing to once again the shittiest fucking team in the fucking world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, the only one I might switch would be what do we have right ahead of Stanford? Ellis. I might switch that, but I'm not going to quibble over it. That number, that number one is forever, forever the dumbest thing that's that maybe has ever happened in college football. It's ever happened in the history of the world. <laughs> you know, you could sell me on that. 